Welcome back, Six Pack Lapidat, once again joined by Paul Maranzan, Randy Cook online, and our boy Matt Gary, the specialist, the, the scout, scout extraordinaire, and uh, we're going to need his scouting skills because we're going to do our special year-end awards. Every year, we started this when King of List was like 20,000 followers. Now we're approaching 145,000 followers. And um, year after year, we keep dishing out these awards. I, uh, I actually asked some people feedback. I'll private message insiders. What do you think? Is there somebody I'm not seeing? I'm not just putting it on myself when we put together these awards. Um, so I, I asked people around. And then I'm um, obviously decided, okay, so King of the List will have their awards we'll, we'll give out on the Instagram. But for the year in special, let's have our hosts get together and debate it. Because we might agree, we might not. So we'll go through um, our, our year-end awards, gentlemen. And um, where should we, should we, should we leave Best Lifter till the end? Or what do you think? Well, I think we leave the Best Lifters to the end. That's kind of like the Oscars. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that the way they do it? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, all right. So let's start off with um, the showdown of the year, 2018. Looking back. And if I may... My pick, the 105s for the IPF World Championships. Um, I, I swear to God, like, bench press has never been a big event for me in terms of viewership. They tossed around that world record back and forth, and it was like the most exciting bench session I've ever seen. And I don't think I've ever seen, been hyped for a bench session like that. Uh, right up until the very end, and then Mr. Consistency, uh, Bryce Lewis, pulling out the win, I mean, um, it was a hell of a story. He was an underdog going in. You got giant like Rebecca coming from Poland. And Bryce had been, he's so consistent throughout all three lifts, stays on the battle plan and doesn't waver, stays in the hunt. And for him to come out with the win, uh, I mean, he's a veteran of the game and he worked hard and he deserves it. Um, hell of a sportsman, great ambassador. So for me, the battle of the 105s totally lived up. And there's a little caveat. There's a little caveat, which I like. Because there's a preview. Every good movie needs a good sequel. And in the preview, the little caveat on that, Rondell Hunt, as good as that battle was, in the juniors, actually won with a total bigger than anybody else in the open. So it's almost like the this it's almost like Rocky and already set up Rocky too. You know, that's it makes it even more exciting. Yeah. Oh my god. So you could snowball off it and keep talking about it. Yeah, the story that's Rocky too. Mr. T is sitting in the background right, that's right. watching. He's it's, ready. He's, he's yeah, yeah. That was Rocky three. But no, uh, no, no, no. I know Oh god. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I love how it's insulting for a guy to be like, come never on. correct me with Rocky. Never never assume <laughs> I got that wrong. Do not make me requote the entire movie. <laughs> that's I fair. will do it. This will be a long episode fair. because that's, of it. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so there's my showdown, gentlemen. What are you guys saying? We'll start with you, Paul. We'll keep so I had the exact same pick, Battle of the 105. In terms of everything I viewed this year online afterwards, nothing yeah. else held my interest as much as that. Yeah. yeah. The runner-up would have been the Battle of the 63s, same. I think. Had Isabella actually made weight, it would have made that I, much of a difference. You know what? I'll agree with you real quick. I think 63s because the, the Jen Thompson comeback story in her early 40s. It's phenomenal. Amazing you story. Can't. The one thing that would have tipped it over... Would have been Isabella there, and she beat Isabella as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But um, it was still phenomenal. But I'll but never have I been yelling at the TV during bench press and watching it change back and forth. So yeah. I'm going to say that's the tipping point. Randy, I had this ch chosen already. 
Brady, but I'm actually going to go with uh, Luke and Pablo. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know what? It's it's the Luke and Pablo showdown with the European Championships almost is, is a preview to the future, isn't it? And you have two juggernauts. And when they when they took that picture of themselves staring eyeball to eyeball and post it and everything, like I love that stuff, yeah. man. I love that it's amazing for our sport. Build the rivalry. You're Sampras and Agassi. You're Ali Freach. You gotta build those things, right? And they did a good job. They played their parts, two juggernauts of the game, and it lived up. You know, how often do we have super heavyweight showdowns and they never live up? That came out to body weight. Not only that, I mean, they, they, they did what they did what Brett and uh, Hack did is they they, they they pumped it up, right? Which yeah. is great to see, and it lived completely to the hype. I mean, to win on body weight alone, like that is that that is competition. Like, it came down to the last deadlift in the win on body weight. Phenomenal showing. How about yourself, Gary? Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. It was the one hundred five kilos at, at IPF Worlds. I mean, biggest showdown on the biggest stage with the you know with a ton of hype. And, uh, yeah, Bryce Lewis finally breaking through and beating Where's Vicky. That was definitely for me. And, and, and obviously being backstage and coaching Bryce, so that was a thrill for me as well. So, yeah, 105 kilo. And I agree with Paul. The honorable mention uh, would be uh, the 63 kilo. And, and arguably you could even make an argument for the 63 kilo at USAPL Raw Nationals uh, being even better than the IPF Worlds. So, yeah, yeah, you could. It, it's, yeah. Um, I think Jen Thompson's win at that Worlds – can only grow in importance um, the more Sam Calhoun ends up doing. Sam Calhoun ends up being like the next big star, then that win becomes more important. You know, it's it's not just a win over America's national champion. If she becomes the next Kimberly Walford, so to speak, that win grows in importance that much more. When you go through and be like, well, who did you beat in your prime 10 years from now? And they look back, oh my God, Sam Calhoun. Wow, that's a hell of a story. Oh, you you like that story? Well, listen to the story leading into that world. And then she goes into it. Um, It can only grow in importance. Okay, so how about coaching team of the year? For me, I'll go first. I'm thinking RTS. Uh, Reactive training systems. I'll tell you why. Um, The the amount of lifters they got, the amount of world championship wins, world championships, uh, world champions they crowned um, at the IPF World Championships and and even at the Nationals at US. And then also coaching, getting Brett to be the heaviest 10 times body weight total uh, for myself. I mean, there's a lot of good teams. There's some juggernaut teams out there. Oh, pun intended. That was almost, I didn't do that on purpose. But there are some huge teams right now that are forming. And this is a day and age where we're seeing super teams develop, where you have like previously in powerlifting, I don't remember being so entrenched by teams. Like you've got like Joey Flex and his Flex Boys, and you've got like Juggernaut, you've got like RTS, you got the strength guys. It's big, it's, it's, you know, I think social media has made it because you can get a coach online. Teams are starting to form like that, like super teams almost, right? Like the Lakers type deal. <laughs> and um, so I think of all those teams off the top of my head, I'm thinking RTS. Paul, what do you think? I mean, my award on my sheet when I submitted my things, I said RTS based on pretty much the exact same stuff that you put out there. But I'm going to go out there and I'm going to talk about the strength guys because we had them on the show. And I love the approach that they're taking. And I think... They deserve, at the very least, honorable mentions in terms of, as I said, building a super team, basing things off of velocity training, taking effect into things. You can take a look. Is yeah. that your pick? Do you want to make your pick or honorable mention? You know what? We'll go with pick, I guess. And yeah. like you can't go against RTS. As you said, world champions, heaviest 10 times body weight total. 
Okay. What is, how else do you qualify it? Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Randy? Randy? Did we lose Randy? I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go with Flex. Joey Flex? Yep. Yeah, he's the total, like, the, the total amount of lifters they had meddling out at the at the raw mats was insane. Yeah, he definitely hits the numbers, doesn't he? He's got some big boys, he's got some big flagship. Look at not just that, John Hack, who's probably the most popular well, well, Russell Orhe as well, but John Hack just hit um, uh, the world record in the untested at the 181 to close out the year for Flex. Um, that's huge. I mean, that's absolutely massive. He beat out some legends of the sport for this. So, and that's another cat. That's another little feather in Joey Flex's cap. Also, add into that Russell Orhe, his win at the Nationals, yep. um, silver at Worlds, taking a world record. If, if, but briefly, still took a world record. And the work he's done with him, obviously Sean Noriega, and you know, I think there's too many guys to name, but. Um, at the top, I think the biggest would be, you know, the John Hack performance right at the end. So, fair enough. Flex, the Flex boys are up there. Flex boys and girls. What do you think there, Matt? I'm going to agree with you, uh, Ryan, and go with RTS. I just think the, the depth of the amount of lifters that they have, particularly on the international scene, um, it just stands out in, in, in importance and, 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 you know, pedigree, so to speak. And so, yeah, but particularly with, with them coaching Brett Gibbs and providing him with training and finally seeing him have that breakthrough super meet as you, you know, allude to all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going with RTS. And almost a quick follow-up, unless I'm mistaken. So coach of the year for myself, it's almost no-brainer for me to go into, say, Mike T., but um, does anybody does anybody disagree with uh, like are they switching up from team to coach, or does that go without saying as well for you, gentlemen? You guys also think Mike T who chose RTS? Yeah, I went Mike T as well. If nothing else, just for for Brett. Yeah, because he's because he, he's heading. Are, are you also Mike T, Matt? Sure, that works for me. <laughs> Randy, what are you saying for coach of the year? Yeah, I'll go with Mike T. You know, one I want to give an honorable mention to is actually that Justin Reese is doing some pretty good stuff with some lifters right now. He's it's small. He's got a small group, but his lifters are, are performing well. Yeah. One of them being one of them being Bittner. Yeah, and Jessica Bittner is um, her progress is freaking silly. Um, yeah, I mean, you know what? Sometimes you can have the big names, but uh, if you look at like an overall, like like look at it like a team. And you see the progress the overall teams made. Um, you know, it's 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 some people will attract the big names because you're a big name coaching staff. You know, and some people are smaller, but what they do with their team, the progress could be just as up there or, or better. But yeah, fair enough, Randy. So let's move along, gentlemen. Um, let's do the next one, the breakthrough star of 2019. For myself, I'm saying Luke Richardson. And let me say why, before 2019, or sorry, breakthrough start 2018, sorry. Um, before 2018, in 2017, I didn't, I didn't really know Luke Richardson. Um, you know, I, in tra- he wasn't on my radar. At the end, that's the beginning of 2018. At the end of 2018, I think he's got so many people excited, once again, for the heavyweight division. Um, and he's got me excited. He's had a huge showdown. You got to perform. And what he did at the World Championships winning, what he did in his big showdown with his heated rival, Pavlo, and what he's going to go into, I think 
in terms of his following, how exciting he has people. He has star quality because he's larger than life. And uh, these are intangibles. You have to have the charisma. I love that he showed up at the World Championships and had a T-shirt already made saying World Champion 2018. And he hadn't even won yet. He put it on afterwards. Like, I like the kid. We had him on the show. And um, he, has, he has a great personality, very positive. Um, and the way he drummed up interest in his showdown against Pavlov, that's why I say Breakthrough Star, because, um, you know, he, he's, he can bring that star quality and bring interest to his competitions. So for me, it's Luke Richardson. Uh, what do you guys say? Um, are we doing male-female, or are we just doing Breakthrough Stars, one award? Uh, no, just one award. Then I am going to go with Amanda Lawrence. The battle between, at Raw Nats, the battle between her and Danielle Mello, completely hyped, lived up to the expectation, and then not only that, but what she's done since then yeah. has raised her stakes and her stock as a star quality. Yeah. Just an insane amount. I'll tell you what. So, I know what you mean, because she lost the Mello, but when I post a video of Lawrence, uh, we get the amount of views and likes and, not, and comments. It's, it's crazy. And if you read the people, That's stock. And if you read on the people that are actually commenting, it's... Everybody, every single big name you could expect is yeah. floored by what she's doing yeah. right now. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. What do you say, Randy? Cece. Yeah. Cece Holcomb, winning the U.S. Open, walked into the U.S. Open um, without a lot of hype. Dominated, dominated the U.S. Open. <laughs> like, she came in and she, she dominated the U.S. Open. Balked at her last deadlift because she didn't need it. At the biggest, which untested meat, and and just walked off. Yeah, that's ridiculous. When he can toss away a last deadlift and still Wilkes the highest Wilkes in history by far. Yeah, biggest Wilkes and collect the check. Thank yeah. you very much. I for me, it's an that's eight not lift. A, it's an eight lift yeah. competition. For with all due respect, that's pretty. That's that's pretty good. That's not bad. Yeah, uh, that's like doing a hundred meter race and be like, with all due respect, I'll run a hundred. I'll run a hundred. That's got meters. some Hollywood qualities to it. When you yeah. just, it's got the explosion in the background, Michael Bay. Yeah, without sure. even looking back at what's going on, yeah. sort of quality to it. That's right. Well said. How about yourself, Matt? Who's the breakthrough star of 2018 for you? I'm going with Sam Calhoun. Uh, just what she did at uh, her first IPF Worlds, uh, you know, placing second, obviously, to Jennifer Thompson, but taking the, uh, the world record in the deadlift. And then, of course, her recent performance at Raw Nationals, uh, winning, winning there in, in, in what really uh, was a world championships, if you will, having you know, three of the strongest 63s on the planet yeah. uh, in, her, in herself, JT, and, and of course, Jennifer Milliken coming up. It was just mind-boggling. And so uh, she's, yeah, she's definitely my breakthrough star of the year, Sam Calhoun. Fair, because, uh, and 2019 looks good for her. You know what, that kind of leads me to my next one. Who is the person you're watching in 2019? I'll go first. For myself, I'm going to snowball off of basically what Paul said. It's going to be Amanda Lawrence. And the reason why, um, what she's done since the Raw Nationals has been absolutely phenomenal. And I can't even wrap my head around it. Every time I look at her, every week, it seems she's posting another PR. It's almost like you're asking how far can she push it. If you told me, well, into, but in three years, she'll be well into the 600s with her squat. I wouldn't doubt it. Like I don't know her ceiling. And there's very few lifters where I don't know their ceiling, and it's exciting, and anything could be possible. And that's what she's, the type of question she's raising. How far can she push it? You know, people, yeah. all the biggest names are all excited about her. For myself, 2019, person to watch, Amanda Lawrence. 
Uh, I'm going to go 2019 person to watch. I'm going to go a little bit of a different road and say, for almost the same reason, but Russell Orhi. Ooh! So, this, in a very similar vein, he finally put up the meat that everyone was kind of expecting out of him at Raw Nats. Yeah. But what he's doing since then, he could have Gibbs on his back foot, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. Like, he just, he just smoked a 720 deadlift, yeah. 440 bench, his squat is still flying. Yeah. He's another guy that just right now seems like the sky's the limit, so. If he has the Matt Gary eight lifts in the pocket and going into yeah. his last dead, and if his last dead's going deep in the 700s like it looks like he can, 100%. Because yeah. Brett's hit and miss, and so is, so is Russell, though. Yep. But if, if Russell hits, Brett misses, for That's sure. That's another one where I'm just... Hoping and praying that it's going to end up being super meets for both of them, and it's going to come down to yeah. last dead. How about you, Randy? I am going to go with Mason, the Canadian kid. Mason, eighty-three kilo. I do because I think this year, I mean, if he puts on a few more pounds, like every, this guy's barely breaking into the eighty-threes, and he is competitive. So now, I think with I think when he hits hits his stride, this guy gets into I think the later part of twenty nineteen. I think he's going to be something to watch. He's also only like twenty years old, isn't he? He's young yeah, too. He's very young. Yeah, he's, he's young. He's young, and he's putting up scary numbers for a guy that's barely making like eighty kg. Yeah. One. Yeah, he's he's definitely a guy who is going to grow maturity wise, like in terms of age as he matures as well as size-wise, and then his numbers are only going to grow with it. He smashes some huge numbers, you're right. Um, and I hope he becomes a Canadian citizen and we could claim him, because then we have a contender in 83s. But uh, that's a whole other... That's a whole other... I was going to say, I have a hard time going with Mason just because he's kind of in limbo right now. He won't be doing any of the massive meets. Like, it's fun yeah. to watch, but... Yeah, we'll see. Um, how about yourself, Matt? I'm going with Rondell Hunt uh, at 105. Oh, oh that's, another, that's a good one. Yeah, I've got to take him. I mean, just what he he put the world on notice there, and in Calgary, and totaled eight eighty three and a half. And and w- let's remember that was with a missed final deadlift. Uh, so he could have had an extra thirteen kilos, which would have put him very close to a nine hundred kilo total. And so I know that he's recently uh, coming off of an injury. I believe he's got a quad injury that he's been working around. But if he can get that healed up. Uh, I'm really looking at big things from him. And, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, going into uh, IPF World Championships in Sweden, uh, let's, hope, let's keep our fingers crossed that he decides to do, to do the Open. I know he was on the podcast and was a little bit coy about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, th- I think we all want to see him run in there with the big dogs in the Open. And so, yeah, he's definitely my guy to watch. Yeah, that's a really good one. I mean, for his age... It's not often you see a junior out-total everybody in the Open. And the Open wasn't like it was uncompetitive. 105s yeah. was our biggest showdown. We, we, three out of four of us just picked, and he out-totaled that class. So that's a good pick. Um, all right, well, let's move along. How about comeback of the year? Mm. For me, it doesn't get any better than Jen Thompson in her early 40s with a massive injury. And the doctor's telling her, you're not going to be, you're, if you're walking the same, if you're lifting, you're not going to be world-class competitive again. It's just not going to happen. It's the classic Disney movie where all the odds are against them. Not was just the injury terrible, but at her advanced age, even if she was 100%, she shouldn't have been able to do what she did. Add on the injury and the doctor's saying it's over. 
And then add on, it's probably the biggest showdown, at least on the women's side. If Isabella had made weight, it would have been the biggest showdown regardless of men or women's. Um, and she came through with with that you know, Disney performance where you just come back. It's like a movie. You, 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 a script writer couldn't have wrote it any better, I feel, for her comeback. And um, so for me, 2018, comeback of the year, Jen Thompson. What do you think? Yeah, there's, for me, there's no question. It's Jen Thompson. Like, as you said, how do you match that story? It's phenomenal. Had that not happened, I could have, you could have maybe said, I don't know, like Brett Gibbs who tore his quad in the middle of prep or towards the beginning of prep. But it's still, it's not even close. Yeah. You're yeah. talking about somebody that should not have been lifting anymore. Randy's getting pulled over. Randy's getting pulled over. For... <laughs> Randy, uh, negotiate with the cops. What do you got yeah. for your comeback of the year, sir? I don't know if anyone can say anyone else but Jen. I guess I'll leave that with the bat. But I, don't, I honestly can't think of who else it would be. You know, let me see. All right, well, let's let's throw it over to Matt Gary. Uh, Matt, who do yeah, you think? I did go in a different direction. I think your 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 pick is a, is a good one. I don't think you can go wrong with that. But I'm going to give the nod to Kristen Dunsmore. Oh, uh, yeah. so yeah, so Kristen sustained a significant back injury uh, after our Raw Nationals in 2014. So this was actually a couple years ago. So this has been kind of a couple years in the making, and. Um, just been tracking along with Kristen and and so she's kind of been working her her way up and then finally just has that breakthrough performance at our raw nationals to take the 72s and so um yeah so I'm just going to give it to Kristen I think it's really exciting that she's overcome uh the back injury which was you know put her out of lifting for pretty much a calendar year yeah and so just to see her back on the platform is really exciting and I'm really happy for her and you know what um so I asked Joe Stanick some of his picks he said Kristen Dunsmore as well yeah. So there is some, there is definitely some people behind the Dunsmore story, and it's a good one. Um, yeah. I think any other given year, Jen was around, but um, I got to go with Jen because it's the world's, and she's in her four, she's in her forties, and it's just a crazy comeback. Um, so let's keep it moving here. Uh, let's pick. Let's get into the main lifts then. I think we're getting down to the nitty gritty, gentlemen. Yeah. Let's get in. Who do we have? Let's start with bench. And we'll end with deadlift. <laughs> the bencher of the year for females. I think this is low-hanging fruit. I would... <laughs> uh, Jen Thompson. And yeah. it's, it's not even close. Do we need yeah. to have a discussion, gentlemen? I mean, no. not, not for me. Who wants to lose all their credibility? <laughs> That's what the question is. Randy, you like to, you like to go against the grain? I like to go against the grain, but that's just stupidity. That's just that's exactly uh, agreed. That's just arguing to be an argumentative asshole. Yeah, right there. yeah, that's, that's uh, exactly what that is. You're not kidding anybody. Um, even to be a devil's advocate, to be I really would love tough. to say like Daniela Mello or just yeah, no. anybody else. But how do you? So there we go, Jen Thompson, um, bencher of the year for the men. So I liked uh, the James Mike story or Jason Mike story. Uh, he had been a master lifter. Chasing the open world record uh, for a couple of years. Hit it at the world championships. Love that. And I'd love to see it. He's a great guy. I had him on podcast a bunch of times. I love the James Key story. I uh, had him on this podcast. Phenomenal story but with him. If anyone hasn't heard the James Key episode, you really got to listen to that one. Very first competition. And this young man um, breaks an unofficial world record. And um, he's had some struggles with health issues. I don't even want to, like, it's, it's a big story. you got to go into listen to it. But 
Um, I don't think one one meat, local meat, is going to do it. For myself, I'm going to pick Julius Maddox of the U.S. Um, Julius, also a phenomenal story. We had him on the podcast. Great guy, very inspirational individual. But Julius, um, he broke into the 700s raw, and that's a very elite club. Uh, I believe he's posted up the biggest in terms of tested, but um, I, I might be wrong there. But he's chasing the biggest bench of all time anyways. And um, he's got bench press exciting again. I think with Kirill just benched at the Icelandic Championship, yeah. did a 660-ish. He was whatever. off his best ever. But yeah, it was 663. Way off his best ever. I think right now, today, Julius Maddox is the best bencher in the world. Um, if Kirill wanted to say, no, it's still me, he had an opportunity. Yep. And it's just not him right now. Could he come back? Sure. Everyone could come back. Jen Thompson, whatever we just went through. But right now, he's the biggest bencher, regardless of weight class. The man is a phenom, and you can't argue with numbers. And he broke into the 700s, which is a special elite thing. And he's got bench press exciting again. And God damn it, I love his story. Yeah. So for me, Julius Maddox, what do you say? I have flipped on a very similar vein. I keep flip-flopping back and forth between Julius Maddox and James Key. James Key's got, the, I believe, if I remember correctly, the highest bench works of all time. Regardless of male, female. Yeah, because Jason Mike had it. He beat Jay yeah. Thompson. And then he beat it by the ice, like one Wilkes point. Yeah, still. But still. Still yeah. the highest of all time. And, and it's very first meet. And it's hard to go against that for me. And his story. But yeah. it's hard to go against a mid-700 bench raw. The, yeah. So it's... You got to Just to be different, you I'm going to go James Key. Okay. I respect that. I respect that. Randy? I'm going to go with my boy T.E. Oh, TD, okay. Yeah, he's he in terms of the IPF, he's I don't know if anybody's gonna be able to take him. Even James Key. No. I don't think anybody's taking T D down in the IPF. He may be one day, but not even close right now. It's still... No. And just sheer size, he's yeah. four hundred and twenty pounds. And he was on the show as well, as nice a guy as you yeah. can ask. Good ambassador for the sport, but yeah, his bench is just phenomenal. Uh, what do you think there, Matt? I'm going to give the lighter guys some love and go in a different direction. I'm picking Eddie Berglund. Ah. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, what he did at the World Championships in Calgary and then more recently benching uh, 213 and a half at, uh, at Europeans is, is yeah, just absolutely... At, at, six, at 66, I mean, we're talking about a 3.25 times body weight raw bench is just absolutely unfathomable. Just so stupid. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous. What's the world record at 83? Um, it's Owen Hubbard right now, and I think yeah. it's around two, 218 and a half. I He's think. closing in on yeah. the eight, at the 83s. Don't quote me on that, obviously, but it's somewhere around there. He just hit the European yeah. Championships. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's, it's silly. What, what, I, and you know what? That's a very solid yeah. pick. I was actually almost I considering like, going with Hubbard, but Hubbard, it's, it's well, hard you to know, go against Berglund as well. That's, you, you can't go uh, wrong with any of these picks. No. Hubbard did it head-to-head against a bench guard like uh, Brett Gibbs, yes. which is phenomenal yep. when you can outbench yep. a guy like Gibbs. You know, any of these picks are good, um, but only one of them's right, the Julius Maddox. But um, anyways, uh, <laughs> so... Hubbard changed kicks. You can't go against Wilkes at this point. Still. Well, you know what? You can, uh, yeah, they're it's all still standard. Yeah, you could go anywhere. Until okay. it's officially voted out. So let's move on to the squat. Uh, the best female squat... I don't want to butcher this young lady's name... I got Mariana Gasprian of Russia from the U.S. Open. 
Um, absolutely ridiculous squat. I mean, this is a girl that'll take 405 for sets of eight. Um, just a ridiculous squatter uh, from Mother Russia. What are you thinking, sir? Uh, I believe I went with Amanda Lawrence because any time where you can take an open world record unofficially with your opener and stick out your tongue while doing it and do the sideways cocked head like the that wasn't even a challenge. Fair play. Fair play. And yeah. what she's done and since... And what she's doing since then. It's, it's just, just ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. What do you think, Randy? Yeah, I can't. I gotta go with Paul on that one. I mean, this girl's squad is, is next level. Fair enough. And that and, and would be a third. Amanda Lawrence. Easy decision. You know what? Let me do a quick check here. Uh, I think, yeah. All right. I was going to say, I, was, I, I asked uh, Steffi Cohen as well some of her picks. She had Stacey Burr, um, who she had for male squatter of the year. A little surprising. Myself, I'm going to pick uh, for squatter. Well, that's Randy. Um, I'm actually going with, from Australia, a little less heralded, but really broke through, Nathan Tannis, the yeah. Tasmanian devil. Yeah. My, like just smashed the world record and just um, yeah yeah just recently finishing off the year with a world record in the 83s and we're I think it was uh, 672 pounds was it somewhere around there anyways and yeah, um, yeah you're right it was 305 yep yeah and we're, we got to start talking are these guys are we gonna see a 700 pound squat you know in 2019 who knows the way the way the squats moving. Um, so for myself, anyways, Nathan Tannis, male squatter of the year of Australia, Paul Marinzi. You may have just changed my pick, but I'm still sticking with Luke Richardson. Yep. Oh, you said Luke Richardson as I, well. I did. Just what that guy, what that guy is doing for squat and what he's moving right now and how easy he's moving it, it's mind blowing. And me. and I mean, obviously, you could say, yeah, he's a super heavy, or Ray's a super heavy, now squatting. Ray's in the open, he's a junior. Yeah. You got to keep in mind, keep it all relative. Yeah. Relative to him being a junior and just bringing Relative to body weight and everything else right now, he's still, we'll call him a light super heavyweight. Very, very is, much so. Which is, I think, an oxymoron in itself. But He's an absolutely yeah. massive man, but relatively speaking. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay, Randy, what do you think, sir? I'm going to go with Taylor Atwood. And I cannot, Which, uh, yeah. Taylor Atwood is, he's also he's a guy. guy that closed in at, he closed in on Worlds at a 74 with a total not far off from the 83s. Yeah. yeah. And, and and he's, with the new formula, when Wilkes is out, I, I don't know what they're going to call the new formula, he's right up there for one of the greatest of all time as well. Yeah. Chasing he's, uh, which, he's third. Which makes Wilkes. sense, though. He's well over 10 times body weight. Yeah. No, Taylor, it's a good pick. Taylor Atwood definitely coming into his own in the last couple of years and looks pretty much untouchable at 74s. What are you thinking there, Mr. Gary? I'm going to side with Paul and go ahead and go with Luke Richardson as well. Wow. You, you, yeah. Steffi Cohn, Paul, Matt Gary, all saying Luke Richardson. Yeah, 403 kilos recently at the uh, at the Europeans. And, you know, as Randy always says, if I could give a stocking stuffer of a gift – it's let him hit, you know, an RPE 10 on something. Because <laughs> uh, at least, you know, his perception might be that the lifts are hard, but certainly to ours, they look all very easy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and, and just the way that he 
handles the weights. You know, he's not shaky once he gets set up. He's got he's in total command the entire time, and it's it's a pretty lift to watch. Yeah, I think it's a solid pick. Um, let's move along now. Deadlift of the year for women. I'm just telling you, Steffi Cohen's picks, and um, I'm actually going with Steffi Cohen. Honorable mention. I'm going to say Sam Calhoun. Obviously breaking a world record at the IPF World Championships. Pulling for the win at Raw Nationals. But for me, um, I mean, Steffi Cohen is just a phenomenal. In terms of like what she does for body weight, she's also one of those lifters we talked about where you, you, you question like how far can she push it. Her deadlift is one of those lifts. How far can she push it? Routinely pulling it to the 500s for reps. And she's like a 123-pound little woman. Yeah. You know, like she's a little human being. And, and so if you wrap your head around, she doesn't cut weight for this. She walks around around there. She doesn't cut a lot of weight despite a 24-hour weigh-in. She could do that in 20 or two-hour weigh-in. She could do that in an hour weigh-in and make weight and still smash the weight she does into the five hundos. So for my money, Steffi Cohen, female deadlifter year. What do you think, sir? I'm the same. I mean, as you said, what Steffi Cohen does at her body weight, what she pulls, how frequently she pulls it, I've got nobody else that I could pick. She's consistent. Just, she's consistent. Maybe Jessica Bittner as like a honorable mention. Solid. But. Fair. Yeah. Steffi. What do you think, Randy? Sorry, guys. My phone cut out there for a second. <laughs> who's who's your female deadlifter of the year, sir? I got Steffi um, with yeah, an honorable got, mention of saying. I got Steffi for that one, too, Ryan. Do you? Okay. Fair enough. I have an honorable mention of Sam Calhoun. You got an honorable mention of Jessica Bittner and Mr. Gary. I'll go with Joy Namani of, uh, of Great Britain. She's got Damn, the IPF, that's a choice. Yeah, IPF world records in two weight classes, 52 and 57. Wow, so, that's a tough one to freaking beat, eh? That's and, and without and without a belt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And didn't she just recently? Was it a 200 kilo, 440 pound? Yeah, it was two, two and a half just recently Whoa. That, she, that she did at, at, at 57. So, Yeah, very solid. I think it's nice to point out as well, because we mentioned we have Steffi Cohen's picks for this. Steffi Cohen voted for herself. Yeah, well, hey. That is, that is confidence right there. That's confidence. And you know what? If I, was Steffi, if I had a deadlift like Steffi Cohen, I would too. I would be voting for myself too. I'd be like, you, you asking me? You're talking to the best. Yeah. But um, God bless. Yes. All right. For the men's best deadlifter of the year, um, I got Kaylor Woolham of the US of A. Uh, he's just, he's built to deadlift. The man literally has arms like a gorilla, the way they hang down. Um, and the way he's like built to, you wouldn't expect him to move the weights he does, but he could pull into, I think he just hit a 915 pound pull at the hybrid. Uh, speaking of yeah. Steffi Cohen, the, the meet that Steffi Cohen just ran. Just a phenomenal deadlifter. And how do you like it? Do you like it conventional? Do you like a sumo? The young man can pull either which way, way deep, far stronger than looks would show because he's not a massive man. Pretty jack, pretty put together. But my God, can he shift some massive weight? Um, I mean, he can out deadlift. A guy like Dan Green who looks like the freaking Incredible Hulk. For my money, Kayla Wollum of the US of A edges out Yuri Belkin of the Russia of Mother Russia, and uh, there's my pick, and probably Yuri might be an honorable mention for me. What do you think, Paul? Um, my official pick was Wollum as well, because not even the 915 that he hit, but he hit 948 at one of the meets in Russia. Did he? All-time world record this year. Yes. Wow. Um, and again, all-time world record, regardless how do you go against it. I would say, for me, honorable mention, 
even though it wasn't in meat, I'm going to go with Dan Green, who hit at the animal cage this year, pulled 900 conventional beltless. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After coming back from just massive amounts of injuries, like shearing both, I think it was both quads, basically off bone, blah, blah, blah. Like, he hips replaced. I love Dan Green. I, Dan Green is like a guy who's not even yeah. real to me. Um, He's a cartoon character just personified. It yeah, walked out of a comic yeah. book. The way he looks and the things he does, beltless. Yeah. When he takes his shirt off, he looks like he should yeah. be in a Marvel movie. Um, Steffi Cohen also picked Caleb Woolen, by the way. What are you thinking there, Randy? I'm going to go with Luke on this one for the best deadlifter, but I'm, I'm going to give an honorable mention to someone who doesn't hasn't really seen the too much light yet, and that's that's somebody locally we know, and it's Cap Week, because I think the 83s, I think his total is not going to be there where he needs to be, but as an 83 deadlifter, I think he's going to be a scary guy coming into 2019. Yeah, pulled just shy of 700 pounds, broke a Canadian National Open record, and did it his fast, second, his smooth. Second, his second meet, second or third, what was it? So third meet, he broke, he broke the, the Canadian record, Yeah, and he's young. Yeah. Definitely an up-and-comer. Um, what are you thinking there, Mr. Gary? Yeah, I agree with you two guys. For me, this was low-hanging fruit. I think it was Keller Willem, uh to piggyback on what Paul said. He pulled 430 kilos, only weighing 98 kilos. That's so that's ridiculous. A, that's, that's basically four, almost 4.4 times body weight. Um, he did it in Russia, and that was in a powerlifting meet, so where he squatted 600 pounds first and then went ahead and benched 205 kilos. That's 451 after so he did it in all you know the only consolation if you will is that he did it with a deadlift bar but still the the fact that he pulled 430 kilos 947 pounds is just it's mind-boggling yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah it's it's killer alone for me i think when we had him on the show his goal was to take it at 98 take it at, he was going to try to take the deadlift record at three weight classes was he not yeah That's did he has he done that because he wanted to I'm wondering yeah, if he's. I know. Has he taken the world record? I'm not sure yet. I'll have to double check that. Um, when we hand out the actual. I know that, was just, that was his goal is to be the, 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 you know, the goat of deadlifting is to take that in three weight classes. I don't believe anyone's ever done that, have they? I don't think so. Um, uh, where, where's Vicky's had it in two classes at 93, obviously in 105. Uh, and, and also, you know what? He's got the equipped world record. Uh, in the in the 120s because he weighed in at World Games just over the 105 ah. limit. So, but again, that's two different genres. That's that's equipped and classic. But yeah, so yeah, yeah I th- I think I think you know when you're talking about greatest deadlifters on the planet, you know those two guys are obviously in the conversation for the men. Clearly, they have to be. Yep, they have to be. So there you have it. Okay, so we we wrapped up bench, squat, and deadlift. We're getting into the big ones now, fellas. Um, is there any other one that I'm not looking at? No, this no, is it. I think we're on to the big ones now. Okay. All right. With no further ado, let's have who is the best lifter 2018 men and women. Okay. This is the big title. I'll go first. The female... 2018 Lifter of the Year, Six Pack Labadat's pick, CC Holcomb. And I'll tell you why. Walked into the US Open, battling the Giants, battling the Titans, smashed everybody, put together the biggest wilts we'd ever seen in history, 
and balked at a third attempt deadlift because she didn't need it. And we haven't seen anybody win, whether IPF, untested, choose the Fed, that dominantly in 2018. We just haven't seen it. I don't think we've seen it in the men's. I don't think, not at this level. And it wasn't just winning a weight class. Everybody, pick it, just smoked everybody. And, and to the point where I don't need another lift. Thank you very much. Yeah. I can't think of another woman, uh, regardless of federation, who had done that. Um, just blew everybody back over the weekend. Got 10,000 more followers. She's like, oh, I have 8,000, 18,000 a day later. Uh, just boom goes the dynamite. A star was born. So for me, female lifter of the year, CC Holcomb. And if you haven't heard that podcast, podcast, by the way, check out that episode. Talk about an inspirational, phenomenal story. Holy smokes. Um, riveting stuff. I mean, powerlifting, we got some of the best stories with our athletes. But um, what do you think, Paul? What do you got? I hate following you because it seems like I'm just kind of uh, riding your coattails. But yes, yeah, CC. Yeah. Well, for sure. That's not, I don't think anybody can say It's, uh, as you said, like, and as we said earlier, anytime that you toss away a last deadlift, but you've already set a record that's just monumental. Far ahead. Yeah. It's, that's that's you, pretty dominant. Yeah, there's no one else I could think of. Like, I would love to say, like, Jen Thompson for what she came back from, and that's obviously being comeback story of the year, but nobody else. Already? Yeah, I'm just on that. I'm just riding coattails on this one. <laughs> Another CC, Randy Cook. Um, for what it's worth, Joe Stanick said Sam Calhoun for unseating a legend in Jen Thompson to take the U.S. title. And uh, Steffi Cohen is going to say Steffi Cohen. And um, I can't really. That's up, that's up I, there as well. Uh, all solid picks. What are you thinking there, Matt? All right. So I'm going to go in a completely di- different direction and give uh, our equipped lifters some love. I don't think you can go wrong with this pick. I'm taking Larissa Soloviova of the Ukraine. Uh, and here and here's why. She's undefeated since 2011. Whoa. She's won Eight consecutive open IPF World Championships. Uh, she also won her fourth World Games last year. She's a four-time uh, World Games winner. Uh, I also believe that this year at the World Championships, she hit the biggest Wilkes for female in IPF history with 691.8. Uh, so she's knocking on the door of 700 Wilkes points. And granted, the Wilkes is no longer there. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have a new score. But for her to be able to do that, furthermore, she holds the world records in every single discipline. Squat, bench press, deadlift, and total. Uh, and she won again this year, uh, just, you know, out-totaling the next competitor by about 50 kilos. And anytime you have a lifter who could go up to the next weight class and basically win or at least place, you know, on the podium... You're talking about a rock star. So for me, it's Larissa Solubiova. Yeah, I mean, she's arguably, I mean, it's probably a coin toss between her and Wei-Ling Chen in terms of, you know, all-time goats for me in terms of equipped powerlifting uh, for the females. But, yeah, I'm picking Larissa. Nice picks there. Nice pick. Um, So let's move on to the men's. 2018 Male Lifter of the Year. And for myself, I mean, this obviously it's a solid year for a lot of individuals. Um, Ross Petkoff, Taylor Atwood, phenomenal lifter. 
Uh, what Larry Wheels is doing, getting everybody so excited. Another guy bodied up, straight up a comic book, smashing weights that we've never seen. The guy is ungodly strong. His overhead press, holy smokes, if that becomes an event, we, you know, <laughs> it's, this guy is strong on all different types of levels. Um, even, like, not just one rep strength, but his in wraps have become it's a thing of legend. Just, yeah. Like, what do you get in wrap with bench, deadlift, squat? It's just phenomenal. Look, and entertaining as they come to watch. Because he looks like he's out of a comic book. He's yeah. almost not real, but not my male lifter of the year, Yuri Belkin. I mean, you got you winning the U.S. Open. You got a lot of good lifters. Okay, let's put that out there. But my pick for the 2018 is the heaviest man in the IPF to ever total 10 times body weight. Won the world championships in the IPF. Did so in one of the heavily hyped showdowns. Against Russell Orhe, who himself is a phenomenal lifter. A guy who's come to his own and had that super meat that he's been chasing. Brett Gibbs. What do you think, Paul? <laughs> so first, I'm going to give honorable mentions to Hack. Because, again, as we mentioned earlier in the show, broke the all-time world record at 181. Took it from some just absolutely phenomenal talent and people before him. But for me, I'm same thing. Gibbs hitting the total that he hit is, for me, the best male lifter of the year. At the stage yeah. he did it at. At the too. stage he did it at, to do it in a dominant fashion, that he finally did it. And not just that, like as Matt was saying, his total would have podiumed in the weight class above. He would have won it. He would have won it. He would have won a weight class yeah. above. Like, And this is the world championships we're talking about. Yeah. So, to put together that sort of performance, yeah. I don't see it. I can't give it to anybody else. Hack is an honorable mention, but... Um, and he, he's like he's right there. Yeah. It's just if, if the meat he had done it on was was like a, a higher caliber meat would be the only way that story would to have been me. Better. Yeah. But he's like that's he's right there as well. He had a super as he said. Well. There's just so many people I would love to throw it out to like Atwood doing what he did at the Arnold's was absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. Even Ash and Rushka throwing out a massive world record total at a local meet like yeah. So many deserving lifters this year, but Gibbs. Uh, just because for myself, what tips it, because um, it's the world's, and there's a lot of pressure at the world. And for me, what tips it is the fact that nobody's done it before. Yeah. He broke he broke a ceiling, you know, the, the thousand kilo total, the thousand pound squat, the ten times body weight. When you're the first, yeah. when you're the first to hit one of those ceilings, you'll always be remembered. Who's the first guy to do this? Who's the first exactly. Guy to do that? Um, so, what do you think, Randy? You, you got a different one for us? I do. I'm going to go with first my honorable mention. It's going to be Yuri Belkin because the guy can have a four for nine or five for nine day and still win against some of the best in the world on Wilts at the at the U.S. Open. And that's two years running. He's done that, and even on his bad days, this guy still wins. Yeah. So I, I, that, that's going to be my honorable mention. But I'm actually going to go with Sergey Fedoshenko. Oh, I mean, how do you go? Yeah. A, how do you go against a legend? Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at a 13-time world IPF champion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks pretty much unbeatable, doesn't he? I'm not just unbeatable, but I mean, I've never seen competition in his class. It's never even close. Yeah. Fair. yeah it's, it's, it's a similar situation where, where Fedosienko could go up to 66 and probably clean yeah. up there, or at least podium. So, I mean, it's extraordinary. Yeah. So, What are you thinking yeah. there, Matt? What do you have for I'm going with you guys uh, for all of the same reasons. Uh, Brett Gibbs just, you know, being the first to total 10 times body weight, you know, being the heaviest guy to do that. 
just the 830 kilo total. And, and, and let's not forget, I mean, he left a little bit in the tank there as well. So I think that's exciting to see um, and, and hope to see more of the same from him pushing forward. Uh, and yeah, I would give my honorable mention to Taylor Atwood, just his extraordinary performances, just pushing the boundaries of human performance of what we think is possible at 74. Uh, but yeah, definitely give it to Brett Gibbs for him to come back, especially after, you know, what he, what happened to him in 2017, where, you know, in, in Belarus, uh, granted he was under the weather, but, you know, highly touted and favored and didn't win. And then came back this year after a quad injury to put it all together, just his absolute signature performance. So Brett Gibbs. And uh, I also want to say, you know, I mean, we'll be talking a lot about Taylor Atwood and Brett Gibbs, who is lifter of the year with this new formula. The, the, and I don't know what they're going to call it, but they are neck and neck. And the next yep. World Championships could be a showdown between Taylor and Brett, who's going to be the lifter of the year. If, mm-hmm. now we're assuming, Brett's, you know, if, if, if he stays number one, I would stay number one. Obviously, obviously we've got guys like Russell Orhe who are going to be neck and neck with Brett. Throwing Fedoshenko's number two on the new formula. So. Fedoshenko's close too, yeah. He's still, he, he didn't drop. He didn't get ruffled yep. around by that. He's the only person, actually, I think, that didn't get ruffled around by the formula, which just the goes su- to back Randy's uh, the, the super heavyweights really took a beating. What do you guys feel about this new, this new, while well, I got you here, the new formula moving forward? seems a lot more accurate i think people that i think that recognition of lifters that are doing 10 times body weight is there and it's not that i'm expecting a super heavyweight to do 10 times body weight you know unless they're going to be deadlifting buses or something but it's uh it's definitely i think more accurate to, to, to the lifters and the work they're putting in and, and their abilities like taylor and brett jesse to be at the like top of that list that seems right yeah i mean if i had to guess looking at it it, it makes sense, visually speaking, on the surface. I mean, this is all you got. Yeah. It's only just opinion. Again, it's like the GOAT debate. There isn't no right and wrong. Yeah. You can't. It's only on the surface what looks to you accurate. But we're using a term accurate, but there is no measuring stick, realistically speaking, to this kind of weight class to weight class comparison. It's only opinion. You know, if I throw a ball and it lands 100 feet away, you throw a ball, it's 90 feet. We know the difference is 10. That's an accuracy you can have down, but you we're, it's all opinion. Okay, so looking at it on the surface, when I watch the World Championships, um, it doesn't seem as accurate to me if Ray Williams can hit openers and his openers are, you know, have an off day, and his off day is that much better than... Brett Gibbs, who had the greatest day of his life, or right. Taylor Atwood, yeah. who's having the greatest days. Like, it doesn't make sense that one guy can hit openers and pace himself like that and smash these guys who are doing things that I can't wrap my head around. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. No. That doesn't make sense. For me as a lighter lifter, I am all for it. I mean, it's not but as... But even biases aside, honestly. From... You know, like a visual standpoint from what I've seen from it so far, it's not as sexy as Wilkes. Like, everybody wanted a 400 Wilkes and a 500 Wilkes. It's harder, to get, it's hard, new ones, it's harder to get your head around right now, like a .999 yeah. score. Yeah. You know what Instagram in terms, terms of, in terms of making the sport competitive, though, like as who gets best lifter, as you said, all for it. It makes the rankings yeah. make sense to me. Yeah. It means I have a shot of actually getting a best lifter one of these days, which... <laughs> There, there, yeah, like, that makes me happy. There is, 
back in the day, you walk in there, you look around the room, and there's a super heavyweight in the room. You better be a lot better than him to beat him out for best lifter. Yeah. You can't yeah. just be, you can't be close because we've seen like you know guys who are like, ah, he's kind of a novice lifter, but he's a super heavyweight, so he's right in there to take the best lifter yeah. award. Um, and this is like at the local level. I'm not talking at the top end, but uh, you see it commonly. Any you, you go into, end, you see it because, as you said, like, top end as well. Yeah, but I mean, we're I'm doing something historic. It's still yeah. Loses to win. I just mean you're not gonna see him look like a novice super heavyweight in the world. No, but uh, but what are you thinking, uh, Matt? I, yeah, I tend to agree with you guys. I mean, I think the way that I typically look at these sorts of arguments, and Lord knows they're fun to have. You know, we like to have these these sports arguments, the greatest of all time, and. How do we compare a Fedosienko with a Ray Williams and, and throw Gibbs and Hatwood into the mix and then Calhoun against Bonica and so on and so forth? And I think what it boils down to is, you know, there's 7.5 billion people on the planet. But when we look at athletes and we look at the body types of athletes, clearly they, they, they you know, run across a very broad continuum. But the largest talent pool tends to be somewhere in the middle there you know, with just those medium or those more moderate, if you will, body weights. And so clearly there are more, you know, to the point of the Brett Gibbs, 83 kilo-ish men walking the planet than there are guys like Ray and Jezza, you know, who are walking around at, you know, 185 plus kilos. And so that's kind of how you look at it is that the people that they have to outshine clearly outnumber the people that a Ray Williams has to outshine, you know? And, and I mean, look, taking nothing away from my lifter, Ray, I mean, I mean, that's my guy. But, you know, I think when you, when you put it into context, the fun thing about the supers and the fun thing about, like, let's say the littlest people, like the Wailing Chens and the Fedosiankos, is those two people that are at opposite ends of the spectrum, there's only one Ray Williams, there's only one or two men on the entire planet, that can walk out and dunk a thousand pounds drug tested with a two hour weigh in on a stiff bar. Yeah. Right. And so when we look at it in that context, we say, wow, he's one of two men on walking the face of the earth that we know of, you know, there might be others, but they haven't thrown their hat into the arena and stepped onto the platform and, and, and done it. But so to your point, we're just looking at, at talent pool size. And so to make it fair, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, your best lifter, you know, it's not fair for somebody who only shows up and makes openers to be out, you know, out pointing somebody who has the meat of their life and is drawing from a much larger talent pool. So yeah. that's the way I look at it. It doesn't make sense. And even to that, yeah. like you had just said, I don't think Ray's too worried about not having that title because he is a, he. When you're the super heavyweight champion of the world, you yep. look down and there's not a single other person stronger than you. Everyone knows you're the strongest man in the room, strongest man in the world in terms right. of IPF powerlifting. You don't need all these extra titles and stuff. He's comfortable. He's good. He's good. He, he, he's, he's very confident with who he is. He's, you know, the, he's, the, he's the lion in the jungle, so to speak. That's right. So he's, not, are, he's like sweating the other animals. That's it's, right. It's, exactly. He could give yeah. the hyena or whatever smaller animal in the jungle a little bit of shine and think, all right, let's make up a title with some kind of formula and let's give it to this little guy. That's cute. I'll probably squat his total, but that's fine. Uh, you know, like, it's, it's okay. He's all right with it, I'm sure. Um, I actually posted online on the King of Lifts what people thought about the new formula and showed the new top 10 for the men and women. And it was pretty mixed. It was close to 50-50. But I think, kind of like Paul said, change is always a little rattling. And people are looking at it like, 
This says zero, like point zero nine eight seven two three four, and it's like you don't have the sexy four hundred Wilkes, four fifty Wilkes, yeah. five hundred Wilkes, five. Like we're not used to it yet. When when the goalposts are established, well, when you hit this number, you're looking at a national level. When you hit this number, when these goalposts are getting established, the measuring sticks are getting established, and we get used to it. I think overall popularity will go up right now people don't know how to take it they just know to change what am i looking at what am i shooting for what does this mean to me you don't even know you, know, you calculate exactly. if you calculated your own at home you wouldn't even know if that's good bad or what you just go by your wilkes and be like well this is where i was at wilkes interesting jesse norris is now the highest that we have i believe yeah i'm not mistaken jesse norris is now number one which if you think about the numbers he posted to do that makes sense and it also goes to the freaking Jesse Norris debate where it's like, man, he was, his career was so short. And he was in and out by his early 20s. Like this guy, it was such a, like a, he's like a James Dean of powerlifting for God's sake. You know, he just came in there and just rattled everybody's world and it bounced. And it's not, yeah, he would love to come back if he could. He, we had him on the show, massive injuries to his back. You know, and it's one of the sad tragedies that perhaps our greatest lifter with the most talent who could have rewritten the record books for years to come has to face that of all things. But, I mean, I had said before, if you got to be in and out and be the GOAT, you better have done something extremely special before he didn't have this little title to his name. Now, he's done nothing else different, but the way it's perceived is changed because of this new formula and like, does that change yeah, the debate? It gives, on whether it gives him more credibility. Not that he really needed it, but because he could say, "I had the single best performance in all powerlifting of all time." Yeah. Has it, has has anyone run the, the new numbers on the females? Um, there is. I don't have it in front of me. Do okay, you, do, I was do, just curious. Yeah. I can't recall who was ranked where exactly. Yeah. I know okay. Heather Connor slid from first to seventh. Yeah, she took a beating on that. Okay, and I, ma- I imagine. CC's number is probably just off the charts. CC, I didn't, yeah, because yeah. this this is only IPF that I'd seen with Jesse yeah. Norris. CC's yeah. is going to be ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous, right? So, yeah, it'd be a cool discussion to have, as you said. Once the uh, once people start putting up some totals with this new formula, it'll be you know more more conversations like this. It is. Yeah. It's it's honestly, yeah. even though Jesse Norris's career, like he hasn't lifted since, yeah. just looking at it. With a new formula, despite having no new performances, his whole standing could change. If he had, like when we debated if he's GOAT, I said, only way he could be GOAT is if he had, you know, something that puts him so far ahead of everyone else, he, people have to hunt him for years. And this formula just changed everything. And if you look, he could be the, he's been the number one guy since his last performance. And it already has been years and no one's taken it. And he hasn't been improving upon. He just left yeah. that down there years ago. And years later, when world records fall every six months, that one hasn't changed. It does make you have to recalculate where is he in the all-time greats. It's weird that that freaking podcast keeps coming back to haunt me. <laughs> but here we are, right? But uh, what do you think, Randy? Well, I think the Wilkes needed to change. I mean, that was written before powerlifting had really taken off into the sport it's become, and heavyweights weren't nearly as heavy as they are. It's It, it was just too fucked up. Like, the, the, the people that were 
performing at their best were, were underrated by the Wilkes formula, yet doing things that nobody else on the planet could do. Um, I think it goes with what Matt said. There's a lot more people in that that 74 to 93 weight class that are that are walking this earth than there is people that are weighing in at over 400 pounds. And you're not going to take away from what things like Ray Williams does is because you know he's the first man to, to walk out a thousand pounds squat. Yeah. Like you're not. Those, those are those are legends that will never die in this sport. I mean, it, it goes what you said is that. You're not taking away from who he is or what he's accomplished. It's just it's it's a Wilkes, but I think it's a better way to score powerlifting in general. I will say what 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 uh, Paul said though it's it's not sexy. Yeah, like there's nothing about that number system that looks good. Yeah, I know. We we don't have the numbers to chase yeah. right now, and we need that. Like as humans want not only goals to chase individually, but also to have these debates. You know, to be like, well, he's not in the conversation because he's not in the 500 Wilkes Club. We don't have like these round. It just helps us as humans compartmentalize you to, to put you in a category to be like, you've hit this elite because you've hit this. We don't have that right now with this new formula. Maybe we'll start seeing and we'll start having a round. But right now the number is god awful ugly to look at. It literally is like 0. 0.09, 2.4, uh... It's like, what the shit am I looking at? Yeah, if, if, I just wanted to interject. If anybody really wants to geek out on this stuff, I want to give a plug to my friend Greg Knuckles. Uh, so he's got an article that talked about something comparing Wilkes to uh, allometric scaling. And so allometric scaling is actually something that refers to the changes that take place uh, within a species uh, as the size changes. So it, it enables you to compare you know, what goes on with the strength of an ant, an insect, compared to like an elephant or a blue whale or something of that nature. And so anyway, if you're looking to really geek out on this stuff, there's an article on his website called strongerbyscience.com and it refers to allometric scaling and these formulas. And so anyway, if you want to do like a deep dive where you get into these kind of discussions it, and take it a little bit further, it's kind of fun to read. You could, you know, I'm probably going to have to read that. And we'll yeah, have, me too. We'll have to debate this next time, Paul. What, what does the article say? Do you know, does he say anything well, about the, the Wilkes? Well, the article, yeah, the article was written back in 2015 so it's it's you know i mean the article's not that old but it just explains you know it goes through the differences and say that you know to your point you know absolute strength you know you're always going to have ray williams at the top but it's not fair to expect someone of that size or a species of that size to lift what you know fedosieko can lift you know and so on and so forth and same with you know it's not fair to expect heather connor or Wailing Chen to lift what Bonica's lifting. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, it's it's an interesting article. I'll send you guys the link. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. It is one of those great debates. It's it's in every sport, whether it's like boxing and MMA, they talk about pound for pound, who's the greatest. You'll never get anybody on the same page, or very rarely anyway. It's always a debate. That's what makes sports so good. We sit around, we debate it. Um, looking back, is there anybody we should thank here? This is like the last episode of the year. I feel like, uh, I mean, we've had so many flipping. I also want to do, by the way, guest of the year. Um, I'm going to put that out there for the people to like our followers and listeners to vote on the King of the Lifts 2018 guest of the year. Um, looking back at all of our episodes and, and it can't be like Matt Gary's basically a host. So we can't, <laughs> we, we kids. So that'll be uh, it's a little different. We don't even consider it a guest. He's basically King of the Lifts now. But um, guess the year we've had some good episodes out there. I don't know if the top. Or do you just call it episode of the year? 
so Matt can actually get into it. <laughs> but uh, no, if I want you know what I want to say, I, I want to say thanks to a few things. I want to say thanks to the King of Lifts for existing. It's been almost two years, and it's been a ride doing this. It's been yeah. an honor to be able to talk to some of the the best lifters of the world, some of the best coaches in the world. Um, things that we never would have been able to do or even fathom until this existed. And just the stories and, and what you learn and the people, it's just in general of who they are. That I've always said the humility of most of them in the sport. It's, it's, uh, it's a wicked thing to say. See, so thank you to everyone. Yeah. yeah I mean, hey, hey man, I just appreciate being a part of it. I mean, it's just huge. Yeah. It's, it's ultimately when you boil it all down, it's just a bunch of people lifting weights and because we're, you know, an underground kind of cult sport, it's nice that you guys throw shine on people and, and bring notoriety and credibility to what we're doing. And I, I just appreciate it. I'm thankful to be able to throw my hand in the pile in some way. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing is, as a sport, we're a niche sport. You hit it nailed right on the head. And how do we make it so our athletes have any kind of shine? How do we make it so our athletes, their stories get told? How do we do it? We have to amalgamate everybody's attention to one spot and make it like a channel that everyone looks towards so you see the latest news, where everybody's at, recaps, preview shows, and then tell the lifter's stories. And um, that's why when we have the show, that's the biggest is being able to showcase all these lifters. And um, yeah, our sport, even though we have some people like Steffi Cohen who's got close to half a million followers, you hit her up and you say, Steffi, can you give me your picks? Here's my picks, same day of. Steffi, can we have you on the show? what day works best like yeah. she she gets it she realizes like we're trying to put the sport forward and I mean that's just off the top of my head because she's one of the biggest stars out there but if we all humble ourselves and be like it's for the greater good we come together put politics aside you had said put the politics aside get Matt um, yep. but if we put the politics aside and together we're strong together for like stop the bickering and just like let's all agree if we get together and just highlight our stars and like have a place, hey, did you see the latest lifts? No, I didn't. Go to King of Lifts. You could see all the highlights from the Raw Nationals. You could see all the highlights from all the different meets, Raw Dogs, all the different federations. You don't, because not everyone's going to watch the live streams every weekend. I get it. Powerlifting is, can run for three, four hours in you know, all different time zones all over the world. So the big, you know, ideal was tune in. We'll tell you what happened at European Championships. Tune in, we'll tell you what the big debates are, and we'll debate it, and then we'll have the guests on. And um, it's it's crazy seeing this thing, the way it's progressing. We literally have like 1,500 followers every week added on. It's like we're, growing, we're snowballing at a quick pace. So I just want to thank everybody who's a guest. Whoever's going to be guest of the year, we'll leave it up to the people to decide. And I want to thank you guys for helping out um, every single week. Yeah. No, that's I'm with you. I, you just got to thank everybody that's come on this podcast, donated their time. To obviously help this thing grow because it's, and like the it's been list, a wild ride for the next last year. And it's it's wild to see like like Matt Gary rocking a t-shirt right now. It's wild to <laughs> see like, you know, things happen. People putting in their stories, just listen to podcasts, great stuff, or make sure you go to this website, they're featuring all these people. Like it's wild how quickly this thing's grown. And like Randy said, relatively short period of time. And I would also like to thank Randy's work for sending him away so frequently so I can co-host. That's right. That's, right. That's <laughs> why I was brought in. That's right. Hey, hey, Matt, you should feel honored. I still haven't got my fucking t-shirt yet, so. <laughs> Matt's the only one with a t-shirt right now. I literally have, don't even have a t-shirt myself yeah, yet. Ryan literally had boxes of them, and somehow we got none. That's right. We got. I got a box for you. I want to give you later, by the way. But um, anyways, fellas, 
thanks everybody for tuning in as usual. Um, give us high ratings, throw it up into your stories. And listen, if you want to debate some of our picks, fire away. If you're debating any one of our picks, I'll send it to the gentleman. And the next episode, we can all debate your, your ideas. Because that's what it is, man. A sports debate from Six Pack Lapidat. Paul Moranzen underscore lifts. Randy Cook on the phone. And, and Matt Gary. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. And that is the special 2018 year in review. Until next time, see you.